0: Welcome to the Wesleyan Airway, a show where we get to meet a multitude of interesting people and chat about some very interesting topics. I have with me today Scott Kramer, the Vice President of Executive Initiatives. And facilities. It's a new position for Scott, and and one that he is is doing very well. We met Scott a couple of months ago, and many of you know Scott Kramer already. But uh, first of all, Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. And the last time we had you on the show, it was really to give your background. You've been at Kentucky Wesleyan College for a, a quite a long time, and it's been a wonderful career. And, and we're so lucky to have you here. We talked a lot about your background, how you got here, and and what you've done. And and I'd like for you to give just a very short. Short recap for everybody. But what I'd also like to do today, especially as as we are going into starting a capital campaign, looking at what we're trying to do for the campus, directions in which we may want to go, uh, is talk about facilities and and what all is entailed. in what we would consider a small college, fifty seven acres, but uh, has a when when you start to look into it, a lot of different things that can go wrong every other day uh, in terms of buildings. So. Uh, Scott, please start by just giving us a short recap again of of your trials and travails. I got you to where you are today.
1: Well, thank you. Um, I am a Kentucky Wesleyan graduate, graduated in 1987. And upon graduation, I began working uh, in the admissions office as an admissions counselor. And that career lasted about four years. I worked my way up to associate director. And at that time, an icon of Kentucky Wrestling, Gus Paris, uh, was near retirement. Okay. And Gus came to me and he said, Would you be interested in being a registrar? And I said, Well, <laughs> there's not really a degree in registraring. So I said, Sure, I'd love because Penny and I were starting our family, and, and mm-hmm. admissions, as you know, is a lot of travel. So I was wanting to get a little bit more um, you know, with the home base being uh, in Owensboro most of the time. So, sure. Uh, when Gus held the position he was the director of financial aid and registrar wow. so upon his graduate or his graduate upon his retirement he switched uh we separated the two so we had a director of financial aid and a registrar and i became the registrar and held that position for eight years and uh, during that time I, I got my master's degree at western kentucky mm-hmm. university and about at the end of the eighth year, uh, West Polling, president at that time, came to me and knew I had a passion for students and wanted to work with students. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my master's degree in student personnel services, and our dean of, posi- our dean of student position was open at that time. So he said, okay. um, what do you think about this at this time in your career? And I said, I I think I'm ready. I said, I'm ready. I've been doing this for eight years. I'm ready to do something else. And I was fortunate enough to receive that position and then did that for 17 years. And then um, (laughs) Bart Darrell um, created a new position at that Mm -hmm. time, which was uh, the vice president of retention and executive initiatives. And we have since, retention has shifted to the academic world, which is where it should be. And we, um, the facilities, I've always had, a pride in Kentucky Wesleyan and the campus and everything that we do and um Dan Fraser had become the VP of uh finance mm-hmm. and the facilities had always reported to that position as well as food service mm-hmm. dan was much more active in the financial area and um, didn't really have time to do all of that so right. he was i was asked at that time if i'd be interested in leading the facilities and i said absolutely this is something that i have a passion for something that i want to make sure wesleyan looks its best for our students as well as our guests and alumni and have really enjoyed the opportunity to do this and as the dean of students, I oversaw uh, the renovation of Massey Hall, Kendall Hall, and the new construction of the Winchester Center. So I had experience quite with quite a contract. bit of background already. Absolutely, and I knew you know what what we were the contractors, the key people involved. So it's been a very smooth transition. Although with our uh, Jack T Wells Activity Center, um, converting that to a different. Um, you know venue than, than a church has been um, a little bit more of a challenge in terms of the proper permitting and and meeting code and and things like that that's been very educational but um, I've enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to getting that that um, project completed hopefully here within the next month or so we'll have that done and we'll have our final that's great CEO. Yeah. Well, that's that's wonderful. Now
0: we'll get back into some of the capital projects. But you talked about your, your time as uh, as dean of students and and registrar, and I've I've seen you interact with the students and 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 are wonderful Thad. And I know one of the projects you started several years ago is study tables for athletics. And not that uh, students in athletics their their days are so busy. Sometimes it's hard for them to be able to carve out on their own time. To come together, and you've been helping with that, and and well, more than helping, you you created and are sustaining that program. And tell me a little bit about getting that program started, and
1: and how it works. Yeah, um, when when I took the new position of retention and executive initiatives, um, you know, one of my first questions um, to Rob Mallory, our athletic director at that time, was, um, you know, what are our coaches doing with our students in terms of study time? Mm-hmm. Um, some had very good models uh, where it was. Um, you know, supervised the students had an expectation; uh, they were held accountable. Other teams didn't do anything, basically. Mm-hmm. So, Rob and I really conspired, and we we wanted our students to have a um, a common experience. We didn't want just students that were struggling to be in the study table, and the others were not. We wanted them all to have at least one semester where they okay. were working together, which has really served well because the students that struggle academically. Um, learn from their peers in terms of proper study habits and how sure. to come prepared and how to basically study. And after one semester, if a student achieves at least a 3.0 GPA, they're excused from study table. Okay. And then after two semesters, they have to maintain a cumulative of a 2.5. Now the NCAA only requires a 2.0. And I like to tell parents, we think a lot more of your students in the bare minimum <laughs> of a 2.0. So yes, a 2.5 definitely. is required and it's it's worked well. We usually, about 50% of our participants achieve a three O after one semester and then about twenty five percent of the crew that comes back in the spring will get to the two five QM that they have to have and the others just continue with it. Nice. And I have students every semester thank me for having it because they feel like it teaches them to manage their time better, that they have four hours per week that they're expected to be there and study and it really has helped them kind of learn that process.
0: Well and I and I still remember when I went to college the jump from high school to collegiate work is a lot more than what people think. Absolutely, And I was a good, very good student in in, in high school and it really didn't take a lot of studying. And I'm not saying my high school is bad. I think that's just the pace. Uh, and in high school is much more regimented. You're in class every day. You have people looking over what you're doing every day. And, and, and so you get that study time in. And when you get to college, uh, suddenly you have all this unsupervised time and it's hard to know exactly how to utilize that. So I'm glad you brought it up. It's, it's not just students who are struggling, but everybody just yeah. get into the flow of what is a college work week. And how you can manage your time?
1: Yeah, as I talk to our students, they'll they'll tell you they I never took a book home. I rarely had I rarely had homework. Mm-hmm. I basically memorized what was taught and went in and took a multiple choice test the next day or true false, and maybe a short answer or two. Nothing major. Right. Now at college, when they're expected to apply theory, it's a right. whole different. Yeah, it's that You just don't learn the concept. You have to be able to apply that That's as well. And so. the
0: major question is why? Yeah. Uh, and you have to explain that. It's a very different different level which is nice and i know uh, that we've been discussing taking that idea of study tables for athletics and expanding it mm-hmm. to the entire first year class of, of students coming in and i think that's an excellent idea to really just show students what it takes to study and get them started on the on the right path mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not you're an athlete when you get to college your schedules get jumbled pretty well
1: Absolutely, we're, we're in year five of the study table so all of our athletes have been through it. the culture has changed that's great when we first started there was resistance it's like i didn't have to do that why are you having to do that sure the, so but all that has passed everybody that's now a student at kentucky Wrestling transfers are involved with study table as well they have to oh, uh, good, participate good. And, and achieve at least a 3.0 and like i said the coaches have bought in uh they get uh, login sheets every day of who was there the night before mm-hmm. and it's there's a huge amount of accountability, and the students realize that we're not messing around with this. This is something that's very serious, and something that we want them to be successful.
0: Well, and athletics in higher education is very; it can be very important. Don't don't get me wrong, but we are all here to get a degree, Absolutely. and the majority of our students are going to be successful in the next forty five years after they graduate, based on the degree they earn. Mm-hmm. And it is up to us to make sure that they earn the degree that is going to help them the most.
1: And hopefully we can convey to them that education, it's a lifelong process. You have to be a lifelong uh, learner. As you often say, you know, within three or four years, your degree has changed so much. If you don't stay abreast of the new concepts and new, um, you know, parts of your major, then it's going to be obsolete. You got, you have to stay current and you have to stay up on top of things.
0: And and I'm glad you. I have been given a lot of talks where in the last, Fifteen years, the vernacular coming nationally is that education is like a commodity, mm-hmm. and and I get so mad about that. It's a commodity; is something that you buy, you sell, or you trade. And education is something on which you have to work every single day. You do it alone, you do it in groups, yeah. But but every single day, you want to learn something new. And, and like you said, if you don't, you fall behind. You you become an old textbook. So we want you to keep those pages nice and clean and up to date and and going mm-hmm. forward. So. I think that that's all great, Scott, but let's switch a little bit to facilities. We have 57 acre campus We're we are going into a capital campaign in a little while. We're starting, we're working on the front end of that. Uh, And so as head of facilities, what does that really mean to you?
1: Excitement. Um, We're always looking to improve what we uh, currently have. Um, My goal is for every student to have the best experience um, in the classroom, in the residence hall, in the dining hall, every part of our campus, we want them to uh, we want to reinforce to them that they've made the right choice and they're the, they're at the place they need to be and they want mm-hmm. to be. And with the new ideas that we're sharing um, mm-hmm. from Activity Hall already um, be coming to fruition to other things that are uh, still being in the, in the planning stages, we, we are getting close to um, releasing information mm-hmm. about some. But, you know, one thing, the pillar that I was involved with during the planning process mm-hmm. was Pillar 2. So there are three pillars. Yes.
0: Uh, and the first one was based on on what we need to do academically to remain a top institution in the in the nation the second one is the one on which you were uh, participating was about capital building uh, on the campus and the third one was about financial stability so just for those out there who may not be familiar with the pillars i wanted to put that out but go ahead with with what you're going to say well pillar pillar two two,
1: um you know we what we really focused on was the main part of the campus which is the winchester center Mm -hmm. uh, which includes the student life area as well as the the library and the cafeteria Mm -hmm. Um, our library is badly outdated in terms of structure Uh, we have great people there don't mean to don't want it seem like they're outdated, but in terms of rows and stacks of books, those need to disappear. Right. Uh, we need to have more study areas. So we really looked at collaborative efforts across campus mm-hmm. in terms of uh, moving the student success center there, uh, creating a writing center, uh, putting the career development area in there, and uh, op- that would open up the student success center now. And we would be able to move the student life area there, which gives them more space and better right. programming area for that. So it's a really a domino effect in terms of after this occurs, we can move on to this right. and, and that kind of thing. You know, one thing that we also looked at, which is further down the road and more long range planning was taking over the second floor of the cafeteria and, and creating a larger media center and library uh, learning center for, for that area as well. And building a new cafeteria. Now don't anybody quote me on that, where it's not going to happen next year, but that would allow us just to expand our offerings Give the students more area to study, um, better area for collaborative learning in terms of um, s- private study areas and, and things like that. So and
0: academic areas as well. Yes. And and I know that academically we you're always a bit of a shortage of rooms. It doesn't matter how many you have; they're mm-hmm. always in a bit of a shortage. So that would help ease that area. And that's an exciting uh, project to redo. I, I'm glad you brought up the library. We have a a, a beautiful library, but it's really an archival library where we're just storing data and storing books. And I think last year we had 600 checkouts, uh, which is very little use in terms of how libraries used to be utilized and what they've really become are collaborative centers of, of research and pedagogy where you, we can find most of everything we need online and through collaborations with other institutions, you have access to vast, libraries, much larger than what we could ever hope to house on our own. But, but you're right to have an area where students can gather uh, and meet with each other and meet with professors, do research, do their p- class projects to do all these different things, plus a writing center, the study center, uh, bringing it really up to date. And we, the bones in that building are great. The people we have working in that area are wonderful. We just have to update the space to accommodate what it is students of today need
1: absolutely and we visited a few of our sister institutions um myself you uh, rebecca mcqueen mm-hmm. uh, ruark and molly gross and that just uh, reinforced our our uh, thought we knew yes. that we needed to update our yeah. our media center and uh, by looking at those it's it's that that it needs to happen now we yes. don't need to wait yeah. we need to go ahead and move forward
0: well and i know some of the other projects there was a, a new athletic complex that was uh, that that has been discussed and has now been planned in in the early phase and the athletic center we have now the hrc the rec center is about 40 years old yeah. and when i was, was a student
1: when it opened so i remember <laughs> it well yeah.
0: and when it was constructed we had i'm uh, i was told 10 athletic teams we now have 21 yeah. so the the room there is needed the activity center of which you were speaking the jack wells activity center and and we're thankful for for what jack wells has done for us had, was was just brought to us at a perfect time with COVID and and what is utilized. And I know that renovation was really based on student surveys and how they saw that building being used and and the insight and guidance that we got from those student surveys was just uh, wonderful. And and the, the final project and you can help me comment on this a little bit. Were were residence halls and I know uh, when we look at residence halls, it's not so much that we want to put up a new building. We have space. We have the we have the rooms. It's more renovation updating and i've worked at a college where the residence halls were originally constructed in 1830 and they've renovated to update and they're just gorgeous and i think that's what our students are hoping is that we can take what we have and renovate so that they have the new and modern appliances but but keep some of that history
1: Well, and our architectural design flows so well together that I would hate to disrupt that. Right. Uh, And we've shown with the Massey renovation and the Kindle renovation what can be done. Right. Uh, The Kindle, we added an elevator. We were able to upgrade a lot of the things. You know, uh, for those of you from my era, uh, People's Hall is much like it was at that time with the furniture being built into the walls (laughs) and no individuality to uh, create the flexibility for your own space and that's what students want today they, they right. don't necessarily they're fine with a residence hall room but let me create my own and, and loft the bed or right. or bunk the beds or, or whatever i want to do at least i have options right now they don't
0: well and we are actually looking at the possibility of removing that furniture over the yes. summer and putting in new furniture for the students coming in the fall and and really updating that and i and and i know the hope of all the committees talking was that we could keep the residence halls, uh, actually not keep them from the capital campaign, but start them earlier mm-hmm. than what the capital campaign would allow to to really get up-to-date for what the students need. Absolutely.
1: Well, that's, that's that's what they deserve. It is. And, and it's it's something that – it's not that – when we renovated Kindle, it was in worse shape than Peoples. So that's – we put them it in – It shows we, what can be done. It can't. Absolutely. And we prioritize based on need, and now we know that we need to address – People's Hall, right? Deacon Hall, and Stadium Apartments. And 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 done,
0: stadium was done a couple of years ago.
1: Yes. Uh, we and, need to and take requires, a few more steps yes. in terms of um, the bathroom setup and, and right. just new fixtures and better ventilation. They were not built with the proper ventilation. So if you take a hot shower in there, it really steams up the whole area. So we want so. to be able to siphon that out. And, Absolutely. and
0: I think for a lot of people, it's hard to realize you don't think about it much a lot of our faculty, staff, we go home at 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening. Students are here 24 hours. Absolutely. This really is their home. We, all, we always like to call this our home, and, and it is, and we are a family. But for the students living on campus, this truly is a big bedroom. Uh, they're they're here. They're here 24 hours a day, and we need to make it comfortable and, and welcoming for them.
1: And our profile for the student body has changed. You know, we have students sure. from, we're more regional than we used to be. We used to be more local, where many students would go home on the weekends. Now we have students that don't have that, not that they want to, but they don't have that ability. I can't run well, home in 10 hours. And there are some advantages to keeping them here. Yep. I, I love seeing
0: a vibrant weekend campus. Absolutely. And as you know, Rhonda and I live on campus and the president's home. So to me, an empty campus on the weekend is a sad campus i love when when there are activities going on and students running around and uh, the noise and the i I love the whole thing so uh scott i unfortunately we're out of time i could we could talk facilities forever i'm going to have to have you on again especially as we get a little further into sure. our planning processes i i think getting your you're getting your insight is just wonderful so uh, i want to thank you a great deal and i always like to leave my guests with the last word so is there anything that with, with you'd like to leave our listeners
1: well it, it's i mean I, I have a lot of friends that i talk to and, and i often tell them i look forward to going to work every day i enjoy what i do I'm here for the students. I want to make sure that, and when I was the students, I would often say, I don't have two children, Joey and Paige, my two that did attend Kentucky Wesleyan and graduate. I have 800 children. Yes. These are the students that I want to get to know. I want to help. I don't have all the answers, but I can usually tell them where they need to go to get the answer. So I'm a pretty good resource in terms of that. Uh, You saw right before we came in today that to have our our talk that I I asked a student about registering that he had not registered yet. And it's just, it's that time of year. And we just, we follow the list and make sure that students are doing what they need to do. First time the freshmen have been through this process, right. so it could have been missed. So we don't want uh, that person to turn into a retention number for us. We want someone to that we can help. It's a good student, very bright, just hasn't taken the next step that he needs to get done because classes are beginning to fill up.
0: Well, we want we want that person in twenty years to be able to look back as a proud alum of the college and to say how good a time they had
1: well and i'm at that age now i'm seeing the next generation (laughs) of students come through we've got two prospective students right now that i was here with their parents were here and they call often with questions which i'm happy to help them with oh that's wonderful and i think it's good for them to know that someone that they know pretty closely that they have a resource well and
0: and that you're still here and still happy Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that says a lot about the institution that you have been here for over a generation and you look very good but you've been here for over a generation and and you're still happy to come in every day yeah. that says a lot about the institution and and the people who work on the campus so scott thank you once again and i look forward to having you back when we get a little further along in the process and and get to hear your insight and guidance again all right i look forward to it thank all you all right thank you